đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you And welcome to this week's episode of Team Cat Home My Radio. Today, on mo- now it's Monday, May 9th. How quick is it? I don't. So you guys be at. It's gonna be. It's gonna be pretty easy this week. Um, it's not much news to cover besides the, of course, us formation Hong Kong, um, cheap executive, I guess, puppet election. So we're gonna be covering this uh, puppet fake election. So let's start off with the first one. The Philippine news, I'm not covering that because, well, I don't want to cover that. I guess, I guess because I'm not exper- because this, this is right now focusing on Hong Kong. This news will be something for up to you to decide. <clears throat> I think we can ask me. I guess, I guess we can. Sh- I guess we can do the Philippine election, shall we? I don't have a reliable source, but let's see if I can try to find a reliable source. If you guys, if you guys are supporting or anybody's sides, please. Set, please um, set this on Instagram, please. Please DM me on Instagram about that. Um, I'm gonna look at three candidates only, at least for the uh, for VP and uh, president. So, so for president, we're gonna look at three candidates. Um, we're gonna look at Fernando Marco Jr. Um, he has about three million votes, which is about fifty eight fifty eight point seventy eight percent. Lenny um, Lenny Roberto. Only got about fourteen million, which is twenty eight point point four percent. Manny Pacquiao, three million six point seventy nine for VP is Sarah Duterte, which is about three million sixty one point seventeen. Feel like it's more than the president, but whatever. Um, Pico, um, Kiko Pang Pelanan, I might butcher his name. Um, nine million. Uh, nine million votes, which is about seventeen point ninety six percent. Um, Vicente <coughs> Vicente Soto, eight million, um, fifteen point ninety eight percent. Not a lot. My gonna lie, it's not. Um, I'll just say, it's not a lot of votes in my opinion. And if you look at, there's plenty of there's plenty of people around. You can you can say that are not. Or not as high as you can think it is, but many people feared about the Fernando Marcos coming back again, and I don't blame them. For um, for Pacquiao's VP, um, the to Atencia, Atencia, which is about two two hundred sixty two thousand votes, which is zero point fifty two percent. Yeah, not not a lot, not a lot for this. At least for this person, not a lot. But it's made, I guess it's made to be a desire, right? Anyway, going straight to the Hong Kong news, back to Hong Kong news. Um, hope you guys are having a great voting on, uh, on Saturday. I'm gonna be, we're gonna be, there's gonna be more voting coming up pretty soon. There's be voting in the, uh, in the, in the primary, 
in the pri I guess the primary primary runoff election. So we we'll get to vote for your favorite candidates, choose what party you want to vote for, and choose them. Anyway, we're gonna go straight to the news. Hong Kong small circle leadership race. Meet John Lee, the ex police officer Beijing trusted so much. As a former beat cop who rose to become Hong Kong security chief, John Lee is one of a one person China leaders trust to run the state as their lawyer lieutenant, analysts and insiders say. Lee sixty four is expected to be an be appointed next Hong Kong's next chief executive by a small committee on Sunday. Which is just yesterday. This is May eighth, so We'll see. We'll see how it goes. The accumulation of a choreographed Beijing blessed race with no other candidates. It's not first time, anyways. Feels like Macau. His elevation caps a remarkable rise for a man whose police career left him from a working class family to an upper echelon in the Hong Kong political establishment. It's also a place. It also places a security official. In the city's top job for the first time, a man who played a key role in, in suppression, in the suppression of huge democracy protests and Beijing's subsequent political crackdown. This is not—he's not typically the first, um, I'll say, police to be in, to be his Hong Kong leader. The first one was a governor, so I guess he was the second one. Who knows? Inside, say Lee, unwavering commit commitment. To that role, won China's confidence at a time when other Hong Kong elites were seen as insufficiently loyal or comp or competent. Zhang Li is one of the ones that the central government knows the best because he was in constant contact and interaction with the mainland. This is according to pro establishment lawmakers and prominent business figure Michael Tian, which is what he told AFP. Lai Dong Guok, Hong Kong security minister before Li, Took the role, put it another way. He's a man who has stood the test, like I told AFP. If he really wants something done, he will try his best to tackle the obstacles. Lee represent a sea change from the four chief executives who have run Hong Kong since its 1997 rule return to Chinese rule. All former business figures are administrators from the civil service. Lee spent 35 years in the police before jumping to the government in 2012, followed by a swift rise to the top via what local media had dubbed Platinum Elevator. But Law & Order remains his portfolio, serving in the Security Bureau and then leading it before becoming the city's number two official last year. Chen Yu-shi, an expert in the Chinese security issues at Taiwan's Institute for National Defense and Security Research, so he believed Beijing started play, paying attention to Lee after the 2019 democracy, elect, democracy protest. Those huge and sometimes violent rallies were popular expression of anger by Hong Kong residents and their lack of say in how the city was run. Demonstrations, demonstrations organized by students, teachers, unions, medics, and even civil servants were some of the biggest Hong Kong has ever seen. But the Chinese government portrayed the protest as foreign back plot run by terrorists, a stance Lee embraced. Beijing has been watching which political figures is willing to follow the narrative. She said, adding China's leader still distrusts Hong Kong civil servants. 
He, a Catholic, grew up poor in Shamshui Po. To this day, one of Hong Kong's most working class district, but made his way to an elite boys' school run by Jesuit. Pilar, a former banker and classmate, described him as a clever and fashionable teenager who grew long hair and wore flared trousers. Lai said he believed his old friend would be a good leader for the city. Another contemporary, who, was, who asked not to be named, was less complimentary, describing Lee as more as dilettante, who liked chasing other girls and going to parties. Most of his comp- uh, contemporaries went to the went to university, but Lee turned out an offer to study engineering to join the police. He later told a pro-Beijing newspaper he was motivated by being bullied by neighborhood hooligans. Two former classmates gave more practical reasons. The police offered a stable career for Lee and his pregnant wife, Janet. First son, Gilbert, was born soon after the graduation in, in 1977, while second son, Jackie, came six years later. Lee has not spoken much about his family and dodged questions about whether they have still hold, still hold na- British nationality, something he renounced when he joined the government. Given his security background, it seems unlikely Lee has already seems unlikely Lee already sanctioned by the United States. World reverse Beijing campaign against the Senate, where he will enter less familiar to territories in the world business, an area where Hong Kong is suffering. Hong Kong wants a vibrant multicultural business hub has cut off internationally during the pandemic as it hews to Beijing's strict zero COVID strategy. Execute Chief Lai said he believed Lee has wisdom and faith to balance China's demands that the coronavirus be kept at bay will maintain the economy. <laughs> he recalled how Lee nickname in the security bureau was Yip Man, the name of the famous Kung Fu master, but also a homophone in, in Cantonese for someone who asked about every page. Danny Lau, a small business association leader, said Lee was not an ideal candidate, but he reserved judgment. I hope we can consider Hong Kong international competitiveness and does not waste time on making laws unhelpful for the city's economy, Law told, told AP. But I would say Lee appointment confirms China now puts Hong Kong political security ahead of business and livelihood issues. In the past, China might compromise with some economic benefits. Charles Mock, a former pro-democracy lawmaker, is now living overseas, told AFP. But now it seems Beijing wants its people to feel that the world is full of threats and only safe to stick closely to the Communist Party. I am not su- When I heard about um, John Lee's being elected this year, I'm not surprised anyway. Even if I said I'm not surprised, because I am not surprised. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. It's because it, it doesn't it doesn't matter anyway. As of now, it doesn't even matter. Because as I'm as I'm now, as I'm now I'm looking at is that he doesn't really shows that kind of like I guess charisma as I expect it to be. If he was a pro democracy, it would have been better. But he ain't. <laughs> he ain't no dang pro democracy person. If you think he should throw them out, see, he doesn't. Alright? And moving along. 1,416 elite voters select sole candidate John Lee as Hong Kong's next leader. 
Ooh, I'm sh I'm happy. Yeah, I'm not. So chief executive race candidate John Lee has been selected to become Hong Kong's next leader. The 64-year-old ex-police officer and chief secretary will take the reins on July 1st. Lee received 1,416 votes and support and 8 not support from the new EVM election committee. <laughs> I wonder who's that person who voted no. I don't know. The committee, who was vetted by Lee himself last year, gathered it on Sunday to cast their ballots in the small circle race and one Dyke convention and exhibition center. 1,428 members of the of the 100 and 1,461 strong committee has cast a ballot by the time the poll closes at 11.30 a.m. representing a turnout of 97.74%. <laughs> Lee will be sworn in on the 25th anniversary of the city's return to China, a day after Chief Executive Carrie Lam completes her term. Sunday evening, Sunday event, during which 7,000 police officers were reportedly deployed and originally scheduled for March 27, but was postponed only to the Omicron crisis. <laughs> In a brief speech after the results was announced, Lee holding a bouquet of flowers thanked those who have turned up and Hong Kongers who <laughs> who were watching live on TV. I am very thankful to every person who has supported and encouraged me. He said, today is the Chief Executive Election Day, which is important to me, but it's also Mother's Day, Buddha's Birthday, and Red Cross World Smile Day. He then invited his wife on stage and presented her with flowers, wishing her a happy Mother's Day. In 2017, Lam's swearing-in was overseen by Chinese leader Xi Jinping. <laughs> Local media have hinted that she will visit Hong Kong to install Lee as the next Chief Executive. Donald Tuesday, His campaign manager, Tom Yu-Chung, said only that he hopes she will make the trip. Lee ran on a platform leading Hong Kong with a results-oriented approach, pledging to, ele to elevate Hong Kong's long-standing housing shortage and raise the city's competitiveness as an international business hub. His brief manifesto, which was only published last Friday, did not offer any concrete plans on how he achieved his aims. After his after his victory was announced, incumbent leader Lam released a statement of support. I extended my sincere congratulations to Mr. John Lee on his successful leadership, and later today, I will submit as a report of election results to the Central People's Government, the present term government, and I will ensure a seamless transition with the chief executive elect. We will render all the support needed for assumption of office by a new term of government. Lee, who saw the police force response to, to the 2019 protests as security secretary, will be the first former police officers from the security branch to rise to the top job in the post-colonial Hong Kong. The small circle chief executive election is the first since the central government ordered the electoral overhaul, encompassing encompassing the top leadership race and the Le Legislative Council vote to ensure only that showing that patriotism to Hong Kong and China could run. Under those changes, the Chief Executive hopefuls must be verified by the Candidate Eligibility Review Can um, Committee, 
which was helmed by Lee as the chief secretary. The hall saw the representation of traditional pro-democracy sectors, such as ed- education, IT, and legal sectors, reduced while district council, almost exclusively pro-democracy, were excluded completely. <laughs> Most opposition figures remain behind bars and self-exile abroad, or have or have quit politics following the onset of the national security law. The government says the elite, elite voters were broadly rep- were broadly representative and will ensure the city's stability and prosperity, so they make only 0.02% of the population. <laughs> Alan Zeman, among the members who voted in the small circle election, told Hong Kong Free Press that so candidate Lee had done a pretty good job campaigning and made attempts to engage the public. He defined criticism that the one-horse race was predetermined. The reason there was a single candidate is because of the virus. Simmons said. I that he believes that there was, would have been one more contender and the election activities would pu- with the public invite with the public invited, if not for COVID nineteen. <laughs> Denying it. Arriving at the at the convention and ex- exhibition center, Basic Law Committee Vice Chairwoman Maria Tom, who's also sitting in the election committee, Said Lee has served Hong Kong for around four years, and and, pu- and the public know him well. I think the election will go relatively smoothly, she added. Self-proclaimed non-pro-establishment lawmaker Tik Ji Yun, who announced in the statement he would be casting a vote to support for Lee, said that there was a distance between the content of Lee's political manifesto and Tik's expectations. But even though some of our views are different, my partner and I hope we can work together toward Hong Kong development, he told reporters. Ahead of polls opening, uh, polls opening, pro-democracy group League of Social Democrats, LSD, held a brief three-person demonstration around 8 a.m. along a bridge to the convention and exhibition center. The LSD said more than 4.47 million voters in Hong Kong were deprived of their rights to choose the city's leader. While Lee's candidacy was described as perfectly demonstrating the Chinese-style single-candidate election, Lee has a limited electoral base. The LSD said, and that the demand and aspiration of Hong Kongers were completely ignored and oppressed under the electoral system that was revamped last May to ensure only patriots hold power in the in the city. Ahead of Sunday, Lee spent recent weeks holding meetings with election committee members business groups and industry representative. I closed our rally on Friday at the Convention and Exhibition Center. <clears throat> Supporters, including former police commissioner Tang Qingxing, ex-chief executive Lun Zhengying, took to the stage to speak positively of the hopeful. During his speech, Li reiterated points to his political manifesto that he would start a new chapter with Hong Kong. And five years ahead of us, I s- I and everyone will build a Hong Kong that is caring and inclusive, and full of hope and reality. And vitality, he said. Is it gonna? Is it gonna be really like that? I would be shocked, and it would be freaking surprised if that happens. Or is it because, and honest truth as of now, the people have lost all trust of the Hong Kong government. They have lost completely of the Hong Kong people. The Hong Kong people have lost trust of these guys. <clears throat> it's almost a point where people, I guess, don't even want to trust them anymore. 
I feel like there's no need for me to trust this guy, even if I said so myself. Because if I said, hey, let's just support him, I don't. I don't, I don't want to hear from him. I don't want to know what's going on. All I want is this guy to at least just be quiet for once, and that's it. Alright, moving on. Let's see what we can... Before we have to any other news, we're going to talk about what John Lee was going to say. Hong Kong's next leader, John Lee, vows, <clears throat> vows caring, open, and vibrant, say, under his leadership. Hong Kong's chief executive elect, John Lee, has thanked, election has thanked election committee members for voting for him and said that he hopes Hong Kong will become more, ca more caring, open, and vibrant under his leadership. The 64-year-old, who was a sole con candidate in the Sunday small circuit race, was selected with 1,416 votes from members of the election committee, a group of 1,461 elites vetted by Lee as chief secretary. Lee received eight not support votes and four blank votes for cast. It was not the public at cast. The public, the Hong Kong public, would would, has been has never been allowed to elect its own leader. A rights reserved for the election committee. <clears throat> In his first press conference as Hong Kong Hong Kong's next chief executive. Lee said he was honored to have been selected to lead Hong Kong. I will take on this historic mission. This major responsibility with loyalty and determination to unite and lead 7 million people of Hong Kong, he said. Lee reiterated in his political manifesto, which was only published last Friday, and he said he would prioritize tackling Hong Kong's deep rooted housing shortage. He added that he also aimed to improve health care system and enhance social mobility for the city's youth. <laughs> it's not that many long-term problems in Hong Kong cannot be solved. It's the results of policymaking in the past have not met people's expectations, Lee said. He said he will recruit a governing team with experienced, capable figures. It is unclear on how many, <clears throat> it's unclear if or how many of the top officials in the Carrying administration will join Lee. Sunday's race was was the first since the central government decreed on electoral overall last year. Under the changes to the system, the election committee was expanded from 1,200 to 1,500 with the addition of a new sector consisting of figures with closed mainland ties. The government says the elite votes were broadly represented and will ensure the city's stability and prosperity, though they make only 0.02% of the population. You think it's a lot more, it is less than you can even say it. Critics of the, of the overhaul said the dramatic changes further reduced the legitimacy of the race in the introduction of a vetting team, which was helmed by Lee himself before he stepped down from the chief secretary position to run for the role, to ensure only patriots could run. <laughs> in a statement published shortly after the election's results was announced, incumbent chief executive Carrie Lam sent her sincere congratulations to Lee on his successful election. Later today, I will submit a report on the election election results to the Central People's Government, the present term government, and I will ensure a seamless transition with the Chief, exec, chief Executive-elect. We will render all support all support needed for the assumptions of office by the new term of, of government, she said. Lee will take the reins from Lam on July 1st. Local media has suggested that he'll be sworn in by Chinese leader Xi Jinping, 
who was visiting Hong Kong to install Lam in 2017. Referring to the eight electors who did not vote to support him, Lee said he thanked them for coming out anyway. Xi's executive election is an important thing. Their presence here signifies the importance of the election, he said. Lee started his public service career in the police force when he was 20. He climbed his way up to the force and served in the secu security secretary and security and chief secretary before resigning to, to run for chief executive. Lee is the first former police officer from the <clears throat> from the government security branch to lead, po lead post-colonial uh, Hong Kong. <clears throat> At least for him, it's post-colonial, but the first person was, Hen was Sir Henry May. I think I might mess up his name, but he was the first one, at least under the British colonial era. I went from nobody to ascending to such an important post to serve Hong Kongers. He said, adding that his experience of campaigning, which did not include engaging with the members of the public, was not, was unforgettable. I mean, me, um, my experience as being a first sergeant in JRTC, does that, does that count? Oh yeah, it does not count, because it's them. <laughs> it does not count. Of course, it doesn't count. What would, it, <clears throat> what would the heck would they care about it? And two more news. <clears throat> no guardrails. Social media is threatening threatening social is threatening press freedom, Nobel Peace Prize winner Maria Ressa says. <clears throat> the rise of social media has allowed dangerous propaganda to flourish and left professional journalists facing constant threats of attack, according to Philippine journalist and Nobel Peace Prize um laureate Maria Maria Ressa. The situation for media workers around the world at the moment is a, is bleak. Ressa told AFP in an interview, saying much to blame lies for the dramatic shift in the way information is distributed. Speaking on the sidelines of an event in Geneva on Tuesday to mark the World Press Freedom Day, the 58-year-old co-founder of the of the news website Rappler highlighted how social media has made it easier to spread propaganda. Reject facts and change historical realities. <laughs> he she pointed to the Philippines, which appears next, which appears set to be next week, which this week actually. To Fernand Marcos Jr., who we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, who stick dictator father namesake presided over massive plunder and human rights abuses in the country. He looks he looks he looks set to win. And only the way possible is to be, is because history shifts in front of our eyes, Ressa said. I don't know what is what they're thinking about. Because it's true actually. Marcus Jr. links to his father made him in the nation's most polarizing politicians. But he was he has benefit from the launch of fake and misleading posts on social media. Problems tar targeting a largely young editorial with no memory of corruption. Killing and other abuses committed during the elder, elder Marco twenty-year rule. Ressa pointed at how Marco Jr. refused to participate in the debate and to answer questions from traditional journalists, seemed to follow the playbook of populist politicians, like like Brazilian um, President Jair Bolsonaro. I butchered name. I apologize. This is a problem with social media. It allows it has allowed propaganda to flourish, and literally has allowed public figures like Marco, like Bolsonaro, Bolsonaro, to ignore media checks and balances and to create their own realities. Rissa said, "That's not a good thing." 
In the face of such challenges, the mission of journalism is more important than ever, Ressa said. She says social media first enabled split global narrative around Russia's annexation of Crimea back in 2014. That dangerous fragmenting of media narratives has obviously worsened dramatically since Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February, bringing fears of a looming nuclear attacks and World War III. And such an environment accessible to reliable facts is vital, Ressa said. I think this is one of the most those moments where everything that journalists do do will matter, because that's how close we are to the edge. Dramatic technological shift in the industry has meanwhile left journalists far more vulnerable to attacks and threats. There are no guardrails, Ressa said, pointing to a largely lawless world of the social media, often based on algorithms that promotes the outrage and hateful debate that drives traffic and where troll armies can easily be unleashed on critics. Every time you do a difficult story to told to try to hold power into account, you have already to you have to be ready to get personally attacked. Russell who started the twenty twenty one Nobel Nobel Peace Prize with journalist with journal with Russian journalist Dmitry Muratov has seen her share of threats, attacks and intimidation. The vocal critics of Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte and his deadly drug wars faces multiple crime lawsuits, which she says could see her sent to prison for 100 years. We just see the Nobel wins as a vindication, voicing relief that the Nobel Committee has recognized how difficult journalist jobs have become and that the risk has increased. The wins are not, however, lessening her legal woes, she said, and that the legal the legal complaints against her and Rappler has in fact accelerated. Ressa said it was unfair that the journalist was being asked to sacrifice so much urging governments and global communities to step up and regulate technologies that have transformed our information society. Guardrails have to be put in place so that we can do our job. Until then, journalists have no choice but to continue holding the lines as best as they can in defense of democracy, Ressa said. We're putting, we're just putting our fingers in, a, in the dam and hoping the rest of society kicks in. <laughs> the problem with that is, is that um, many people don't really look at the reality, right? Because they would basically see it as a threat. If they tell the truth, that's a threat. If they do this, it's a threat. This and that, that and is a threat. This is a threat. This is a threat. That's a threat. It's like, what the heck are they trying to say? Like, I don't even know which one's the truth anymore. Like, because of because of whatever the heck they... They put out information, they, whatever. They put out information, they don't even tell the truth nonetheless. Because if you say they're telling the truth, and they're not really telling the truth. Alright, one final news for today. Um, if I can find it. I mean, if you guys were enjoying hearing this podcast... I, I'm I'm very happy about that. Alright, one final news for today. And pictures Hong Kong protesters called for full democracy ahead of the one man leadership race. Hong Kong should permit one man one vote a local pro democracy group has said during a brief protest hours before the unimposed leadership hopeful was set to secure the city's top job. <laughs> the League of Social Democrats staged a brief demonstrations and Wan Dai on Sunday morning. 
The 64-year-old ch former Chief Secretary Lee is expected to secure more than 750 votes from the election committee with ease to become the next, the next Chief Executive of Hong Kong. Three representatives of the group, including Chairwoman Chang Poying, walked from Wanjai's MTR station towards the Hong Kong Convention and Exhibition Center, where over 1,400 committee members should ca would cast their, vote, their ballots in the Smart Circle election. The LSD sent more than 4.47 million voters in Hong Kong with the pride of their rights to choose to choose DC's leader. While Lee's candidacy was described as a perfect demonstration of the Chinese-style single candidate election, they urged the Hong Kong government to implement universal suffrage, saying chief executives should be elected by one person, one vote, instead of being selected by an all-patriot committee that was vetted by Lee himself back when he was a number two official. Lee has a limited electoral base, the LSE said, adding that the demands and aspiration of most Hong Kongers were completely ignored and they and they oppressed under the under the electoral system that was revamped last May to ensure only patriots holding hold power in the city. <laughs> Human rights are above the regime. People are greater than the country. The LSE Banner to read. The group also criticized Lee's election manifesto as uninspiring, saying his push for enactment of the controversial Article 23 of the Basic Law and the Fake News Law would amount to suppressing the freedom of speech and press freedom in Hong Kong. Red lines are constantly shifting. The legal, the legal provision, and ambiguous, and everyone is in danger. The presumption of innocence, the rights to bail. The jury, sentencing discount after a guilty plea, they all exist only in name only, under the National Security Law group said. Around 20 police officers walked with the LSD. They could only reach the central plaza as the, most of the streets around the voting venues were sealed off. As of 11 a.m., 1,406 members of the election committee had cast their votes. The turnout so far stands at 96.24% as I'm reading for this last news. Voting ends at 11.30am. Not shocking because Hong Kong itself has no longer become that kind of, I guess, free will kind of thing. So I'm hoping to people in Hong Kong continue on your work and resistance against this kind of government. And thank you for tuning in, guys. If you guys enjoy hearing this podcast, make sure you tune in every Monday and Friday for our week, for our weekly podcast. Thank you for tuning in, guys. And we'll hear you guys next time. It's Team Cal, My Radio, signing out. <laughs> My Radio. It's on on every Monday and every Friday. And host my radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you.